Good afternoon, Professor Peter Lynham, are you there? Good afternoon, how are you? Good. Now, a fairly serious topic this afternoon for That's the Spirit. What are we talking about, mate? Yes, I was very interested on the day on which Hamas launched its attack on Israel because it's been very carefully chosen with real significance in the date, and I thought it was worth exploring okay. the whole notion of, of Jewish sacred days, All right. why you should fight them then. Tell us more, Peter. Well, we need to go back to the Yom Kippur War of 1973. Mm -hmm. So the Yom Kippur War in 1973 began on the 6th of October, so it's only a day and a half before the present one in terms of the, the Gregorian calendar we used to. Mm -hmm. And that was held, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, the Great Day of Atonement. And it's the time when all Jews are supposed to be in mourning for their sins. And so it was a perfect time for uh, Egypt and Syria to launch their attack on Israel because they were totally unprepared. And in some ways, there may well have been a sense of Egyptian vindictiveness that well might they mourn their sins of what they've uh, done. This war was started on October the 7th, from our point of view, but I think 8th in the in the Jewish calendar. I'm not quite sure. Let me think. It was Saturday, it must have been Saturday. Um, and um, this is the day of Simchat Torah. And this is intriguing because this is the great day of rejoicing. So in the Jewish calendar, Yom Kippur is the day of mourning for their sins. And that continues there's a, for uh, two or three days. And then they go into Sakoth. And Sakoth is a eight-day period in which... Jews are supposed to live in little shacks that they build for themselves at the back of their houses. And this is to show that Jews came through the um, wandering in the wilderness and they didn't have permanent accommodation at times. So Jews need to recreate the experience of living with nothing. Now, most Jews would still have been living in those shacks, observant Jews, um, right up until the the beginning of today, effectively. Mm -hmm. But on the last two days, they come out to rejoice. Now, I've, I've observed this, actually, because I live uh, for one of my sabbatical leaves in a part of London where there's a lot of traditional Jews, observant Jews. And I watched with fascination as backyards became full of these sort of little tents um, or various types of covered things, supposed to be covered in fronds or leaves or whatever. Um, and then out in front of the Safeway supermarket, as I recall, all this dancing around in the middle of the street, and they're dancing holding the scrolls of the Torah. So they pass the scrolls of the Torah from one to the other, and everybody needs to dance. And this is the rejoicing that 
Israel has been established on the law given by God. And, I mean, it's if the Great Day of Atonement is, is guilt for sins, this is the rejoicing that we are the chosen people. We're the special people. And so up and down Israel on a Saturday, they would have been celebrating this day when they were all all inhibitions are let loose and they dance and sing uh, and wave the precious scrolls of the Torah that normally are kept in a tabernacle at the um, front of the of the um, synagogue. So you can see the logic. Choose a Jewish holiday when everybody's not um, concentrating on war effort anyway. And um, you'll get them when they're least prepared. Mm, mm. And I think that was what happened on Saturday. Yes. Uh, what, I mean, Peter, what is the, apart from making an <coughs> incredibly dramatic impact, what is Hamas's <coughs> ultimate goal here? I think Hamas is responding to the ways in which the Dome of the Rock that sacred place where once the Jewish temple stood and where now a, a mosque stands, well, not an ordinary mosque, but a commemorative site, um, for the last th- three months, no, six months, it would be now, that the right-wing factions have permitted uh, Jews to go into the Dome of the Rock, mm. Rock and even pray which up to now was strictly forbidden. It let them pray down at the Wailing Wall, um, just in order that we don't have a war on our hands. But Netanyahu has made these compromises with Gantz and the extreme right-wing uh, observant parties. So these are the parties of Jews that strictly keep the law and are expecting the state to back them up. So I'm sure that's what triggered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very clear that this is you know, profoundly offensive that this holy site for for Muslims because this is where Abraham supposedly sacrificed or was about to sacrifice his son Isaac and that's sacred to to Muslims as well as Jews um, and to have breached the agreement and of course all that the right wing factions have been doing has been consistently pushing back on the understandings that kept the parties at, at, well, at least away from each other's throats. Mm. Mm. And, Do you, well, you know, this will make the, that particular area completely inaccessible to both parties, though, right? Well, that's right. But, of course, you see, what was beginning to happen <clears throat> uh, over the past three months was that effectively East Jerusalem was being cleared of Arabs. Mm. And if that is, and I think now it probably will happen, if the, if the Jews win, um, which I, barring the intervention of Iran, and we'll talk about that in a moment, um, is likely to happen, mm. uh, then you see there's, in a sense now, the right wing can gain an enormous amount, at a high price, of course, an enormous amount in making Israel effectively a, a um, not just a Jewish state, but a Hebrew religion state. Mm. So it become a religious state, I think a theocracy in a way. Now, Netanyahu is not stupid. He knows that that's quite a risky position to have. And he knows that a lot of secular Jews, and there are a lot of secular Jews in, in Israel, 
would be pretty pretty concerned about this as they have been about the attempts to uh, you know, change the Supreme Court's powers and the like. But I think from the point of view of, of right-wing Jews, this is an opportunity. But, but from the point of view of Hamas, I think, I mean, this is what we don't know. Does Hamas have some understandings with Iran? Because that would be sensible. I'm not sure Hamas always is sensible. But um, if Hamas has an understanding with Iran, remember what we don't know is, does Iran have nuclear weapons? Mm-hmm. Um, we know Israel has nuclear weapons. And so there's a whole lot at stake here because how much would the would Iran be de- yeah, I mean, how does how does Iran step into the situation? If they're going oh, only with long, only with long range rockets. That's all it's got. That's all it's got. It's, you know, it's a long way away from the site. Yeah, but you know, the other positive effect from the from Hamas's point of view is that there's been these negotiations going on at the moment uh, between the Arab states and uh, uh, the USA that seem likely to bring about, and, and they were very, very close to being signed, we think, um, of, of, a, of a formal agreement that the Arab states will not back uh, Hamas and, and, and Gaza. Mm-hmm. So they were very, very much on the point of saying, oh, we, we give up on the Palestinians. We can't see any way out of this. This is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's just go for peace. And, of course, so that's another reason why Hamas had to stop these agreements for its own interests. And, uh, I mean, at the moment, they definitely will be. Um, they'll be standing back from them. And I suspect those agreements are dead in the water. Yeah. I mean, so Israel's ultimate goal is to march all of the Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip. Is that ideally what oh, they... No, 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 no. They, they, this is where Israel is... Well, any any state that goes to achieve um, its ends solely by military ends mm. um, has to has to recognise that it's some things are too messy. And remember, Israel didn't start this. Um, well, Israel Israel caused it, but they didn't start it. Yes. And the reason is they desperately need labour, um, cheap labour mm. from Arabs. I mean, there's a huge flow of Arabs across out of the Gaza Strip into Israel every day because they absolutely need this labor. So the economy of Israel um, depends upon the two states being in a very close relationship. Yes. Um, And yet they've done everything in increasing the scope for the kibbutzes and seizing land to create new kibbutzim. Um, This suggests that well, I mean, I think it's just factions within the uneasy alliance, Netanyahu's uneasy alliance, that are willing to play a kind of Russian roulette game. Mm. Bomb them a bit, unsettle the area, get more cheap labour? Is it is it that simple? Uh, yes, but I, I think in some ways that the, the, the real right-wing factions of Guns would have quite cheerfully said, oh, let's, let's do without the labour. Mm. 
Um, but it, but it, but Netanyahu is is much more of a realist. Yes, and is unlikely to have ever gone that far. Yeah, but he's got a you know he's got a very unstable alliance. Mm-hmm. So we could we in a way have got it's not a religious war, but yes. it's got religious dimensions. Now I mean Hamas obviously they've yep. they've struck you know at you know a fairly specific occasion what do you think their end game is here um well two things to stop the arab states going up against them plotting mm. against them yeah and to keep iran's support mm. because iran is likely to be open to this kind of intervention yes and you know these kinds of um uh, polemical okay. objectives so that that's the that's the troubling bit wow that iran will quickly come onto their side i mm-hmm. think yeah and that's the crisis wow goodness me peter i guess we're, we're just at the start of this right and um we're, be... we're at the start of this i mean it it may be that it'll be like the seven day war in 1973 that it'll just be seven days of trouble yes um because once the rockets are gone, though it is impressive that they've broken through the wall and uh, that, in fact, the defences of Israel are down at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may take longer than the seven days. And also because it's a moving target, unlike the war against Syria and Egypt and the Golan Heights back in 1973, this is a war from within. I mean, despite the two-state solution, you know, effectively, Palestine is a state within a state. Yes, and therefore, it's civil war. Yeah. And civil war is the hardest of wars of all to deal with because, well, as we've already seen, citizens, ordinary civilians will die mm. in big numbers on both sides. Yeah, wow. It's pretty sad. Uh, all right, Peter, um, we'll leave it there and uh, we'll, we'll uh, look forward to catching up next week, mate. Thank you. Excellent. Bye. Very good. Oh,